Good morning, Abundant Life. You ready for some preaching? Amen. <laughs> you know I'm going to cry, so we'll get that out of the way right away. If you're new with us in the last couple months, you haven't heard me preach, yeah, the tears will come. Maybe they won't. We'll see. See what God has in store. Hey, uh, before we get that started, Ida, would you mind, because um, some people might need to download the app, will you go to the next slide before I do some of the, the first stuff? Just go to the next slide in the, in the PowerPoint there. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, if you have a, a phone, we're going to try this, I've never done this before, go to menti.com or download the Menti app, and in just a minute you get to play with me on that, okay? We're going to have a little fun this morning. So if you don't have that app on your phone, it's called Menti Meter app, go to your Play Store, or go to menti.com and then just wait for their instructions. You're, the code's on the screen and I'll give you that code again. Um, real quick before we get started, a big announcement, big announcement, say everyone say huge announcement. Yay! Next Sunday, next Sunday, we are not gathering here for church. That's because we're going to throw a party out at home base, okay? So, the truth is, the school, we couldn't use the facility. <laughs> and we were praying, God, please let the 10-day forecast be favorable for what we want to do. And it is, right, Carrie? It is. Outdoor service, next Sunday at home base, same time, 10 a.m. We are going to do an all-church potluck. So here's the deal. Carrie will be sending out messaging on Facebook and the church app about what to bring, but right now what we're saying is bring a side dish or a dessert. And I don't know if we're going to do alpha or is it just they pick. We'll figure it out. You'll get a message to try and make it equal parts dessert, equal parts side dish. I don't mind if we all show up with dessert. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, be looking for the, uh, either the email on the church app or Facebook or check the website. We'll try and communicate in all many ways as, as many ways as possible. Um, but here's the real deal. There's also going to be a big announcement. So big, in fact, that I don't know about it. Uh, Brad texted. I don't even think Brad's here today. They're out of town. And he texted and said, I'm not telling anybody. Big announcement about the church property next Sunday morning. So I don't know if that means like a shovel's going in the ground. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to find out, actually, next Sunday. So uh, also on Saturday uh, morning from 8 to noon... Uh, we had already scheduled a work party. It was just perfect timing that the next day we're going to be gathering there. So we just need to do some tidying up of the home-based property, some weed eating, some pulling of some weeds, some cleaning. I think there's a project where they want to remove a shed roof, uh, do some staining, and do a little bit of gravel work. 8 to 12, about four hours. If you have a weed eater or a weed burner, I've been told to ask you to bring that. If you can only come for an hour, but you could lend a hand, and it's funny because I'm talking about serving today. So by the end, that's the convicting line right there. There's an automatic homework assignment coming out of today's sermon. It just it happened. I don't know how that happened. Um, so come next Saturday, lend a hand from 8 to noon, uh, and then uh, you'll have some fun with that. Um, so I want to just do a quick recap. We're halfway through the year. Uh, we celebrated the first day of summer on the 21st, and that, that kind of signals June 25th, my daughter's birthday on Tuesday. We're halfway through the year, and that always reminds me that we're halfway through our theme for the year. And this year as a church, we've been looking at being connected. And really, we started off back in January looking at, as Christians, our call is to be connected first to God the Father, and our second call is to be connected to one another, right? If you go all the way back, Brad preached a sermon in January when he kicked off our vision about Adam and Eve in the garden, and God saw that it wasn't fit for man to be alone, and so he created Eve. He put us together in community to be connected. And how many of you know 
that this week, more than ever, God needs to shine the light with his people. If you live in Ording, you know what's going on in our community. I'm not going to go into any detail about that other than to say that it's been a rough week for our community. And when it's, times are rough, when times are tough, when there's, div- when there's division and there's hurt and there's pain, there is never more a time for the people of Jesus Christ, those who call him by it, his name as Lord and Savior to come together under his unity and under his leadership and actually be Christians. Actually do things like pray for our enemies and forgive those who have offended us and hurt us and do those things that the world doesn't do. But we hit our knees and do. Right? And so I think it's just perfect timing. People ask, how are you doing? How are you doing? You know what? God's in control. There's no, there's no natural answer right now for any of this, but God's in control. And here's what I know is that if we shine a light, if we, the people of Christ, come together unified, connected, what God can do through us in the shining of that light, be careful, be careful that you not enter into anything that the world would have you enter into. Be a Christian in this hour, right? And if you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. This is heavy stuff. But, you know, talk to somebody who knows. And, and really just, just pray. Just pray for this community. Pray for the kids of this community. Pray for the, the people who have just gone on summer break, the educators of this community, that God would, re- would speak to them and, and show up in big ways in their lives. So that's a little diatribe. Last week, under this sermon, of, uh, this series of unity, Brad preached a message on encouragement. So we're, we're kind of looking under that banner of connected. We're looking at What does it mean to be in unity with each other? What does that mean? And last week, Brad talked about encouragement, and he basically shared that um, the role encouragement plays bringing unity into God's people, and and he talked about how we are to be encouragers and build one another up in the church. How many of you love that word? That was an awesome word. If you didn't hear it, go see it on on the app or go listen to it on the app. Uh, It was a great word about just building each other up, and that's a call that we have to do. This week, we're going to see that serving one another is part of God's plan for unity in the church. And so what I want to do is, if you have an app or a Bible, uh, turn to 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. And this is going to be our anchor verse this morning. And um, what I'm going to ask you to do is, while you're turning there, you're going to menti.com or also the menti app. So we're going to have a little fun with this. And what I want you to do is, on, um, on that screen, uh, there's going to be a question. And Ida, if you want to drag that over... We'll see. We've, I've never done this before. This could go really well. Oh, some of you have already done it. Look at that. So, in a word or short phrase, what is service to you? What is service to you? And we're going to see a little word map and kind of see what we think service is. Um, would you do me a favor? I love to stand. While you guys are doing that, we'll have some fun with that. Would you stand, though? I always love to stand when we read God's Word together at the beginning, and then we'll pray. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. And Peter... Uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he tells us, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. So he's speaking to the church. This is a message for the church, to the church. Show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Everybody say, I have gifts. I have resource. Given to me by God. He goes on to say, use them well. <laughs> use them well to do what? To serve one another. Not to serve myself, but to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? 
It's ironic that he says this. Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. God, we thank you that you have called us to serve one another out of a position of love for each other. God, that you have gifted us, that you have empowered us, that you have resourced us to be your hands, your feet, God, to love others. I pray this morning that we would understand what it means to serve like Jesus. Come and speak and have your way. We love you. And all God's people said amen. 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 Go ahead and be seated. So let's see what the results are. Uh, serve, to serve. We've got giving of yourself, selflessness. Don't you, isn't this kind of cool? I don't know. I just This is kind of fun stuff. Putting others first, helping, uh, helping others, using your gifts, extension of love, sharing love, unconditional helping, giving your time to help. It's cool how it changes as you add things. Kindness, selflessness. You see the word selflessness over and over again. Helping others, putting others first. You, this is kind of collectively how we define the word service, right? So when we look at this passage in 1 Peter, the word serve comes up and, and, and Peter says, use them to serve one another. And so if, if you break down the definition of the word serve, it's very fascinating to me because the definition of the word serve, and Ida, you can go ahead and slide that over now and we'll go back to the PowerPoint. You can go on to the PowerPoint. The definition of the word serve is to minister. The Greek for serve here is to minister, to minister, or, or just plainly to attend to anything that serves another's interests, to attend to anything that serves another's interests. So when you are serving someone, ready for this? You're a minister. You are ministering to someone. You are a minister. You don't need a credential a four-square pastor's license to minister to people. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. You don't have to be me. In fact, can I just say, I just want to be really vulnerable. This is, this is I don't speak for any pastor on staff at Abundant Life. This is Matt's, this is my perception. I want to just really be candid with you. Many of you know that I love to serve. <laughs> I just do. I got a bad back because of it. And I know some of you love to serve too. I want you to know something, that as this church has grown over the years, and as we've gone through transitions, and I've watched people take on service roles, there's a, a heavy weight inside my heart when I can't do it all. I feel like I'm letting people down. And this year alone, I'll tell you what, because I had to go back to school, and I had to do some things that God called me to do, I've had to just really learn what it means to suck it up and let other people do the work. And that is the hardest thing because I had to let go of control and let go of the fear of failing or fear of, you know, letting people down. I'm sure I did. But I want you to know that as a, a pastor here, my heart, when I see you serve each other in this church, man, it's what it's really all about. When I hear the stories, you don't need people with a license to stand up here and have doctrine correct to serve in the church. Do you understand that? Service is when you have the heart of Christ and the spirit of Jesus alive in you and you love your brothers and sisters, that's all you need to serve each other. And I'm telling you what, I'm so proud 
of this church. I am so proud when I watch you guys serve each other. And I'm a little bit jealous because some of your service circles are so far removed from me that I can't even be a part of it anymore. I don't even get to play. Does that make sense? Like, because the relationships that have developed as we've connected in this church over the past, I don't know, I've been here 15 years at least. I don't know. As I see that happen, I just, I used to want to be in all of it. I can't. But I know this, God is working in your hearts with each other, and I hear about the good news of what God is doing, and I see you serving each other, and man, am I proud, because I see you ministering to each other. I see you ministering to each other, and I tell you what, that's the way it's supposed to be. I want to look at a passage in Philippians 2, and I want to break down for us a little bit, what does it mean, how does serving bring unity to the church? How, how is this magical thing that happens... This, this mysterious thing, how does unity happen? Last week, uh, excuse me, two weeks ago, Brad talked about how when we have unity, because the, the, the world, you guys know the world wants unity, right? But the banner with which they want unity under is different than the cause of Christ. Do you, if you don't, to be unified under Jesus and under God means we have to be dependent on who? God, right? And that's what Brad preached about two weeks ago. The world's sense of unity is not going to be lined up to being dependent on anything other than who? Self, right? That's the big difference between Christianity and secular humanism. I depend on me. We can do it collectively, but it's us. That's not what Christianity is. I submit myself and everything I have to the work of God, and I'm dependent on Him. So as we look at how does how does serving then bring unity to the church? We've got to think for a minute about, as Kevin said, how does the flesh, how does self get out of the way? And the first thing we're going to see in this passage in Philippians 2, 1 through 8, is that we're going to see that we have to sacrifice self. We've got to get self out of the way. Let me read this to you. And I love this. This is one of my favorite. Paul's writings are just amazing. And this is one of my favorite writings of Paul. It says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ... Any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. Just, just, just think about those words. Any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit. These are active verb tenses. This is Paul saying, if, if there's going to be this active thing going on, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So first thing he says is be of one mind, one love, one accord. That's under the mantle of the leadership of Jesus, right? Then he says the second thing right here is this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Okay. You know how it's like easy, easy to do when you read it on a piece of paper? A lot harder to do it in practice, right? This is, this is, where, this is where it's nice to read these flowery words and then walk out and try and put that in practice. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Powerful. But he emptied himself. Say empty. He emptied himself. By taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What can we learn from this passage about how serving brings unity? 
Serving, first and foremost, we have to sacrifice self. We've got to sacrifice self. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. If I'm going to serve you, I have to check self. Whew. <laughs> Hard to do. Philippians 2.7, the passage we just read, how did Jesus do? It says he emptied himself. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. When I read this, this is just a great, this is like, this is a fun thing to talk about theologically, like get into some debates about theology and how God came down to earth in the form of man. But when I read this and I think of Jesus as a servant, God as a servant, you understand like if you read the book of Job, when Job gets bad advice and then he's questioning like at the end of the book of Job, if you've ever read this book, you see this great passage where God replies to Job, who's gone through all this horrible stuff, and he says, where were you, Job, when I did this? When I put the moon in the sky? When I put the stars in the sky? Where were you when I filled the earth with the seas? And I love God's response to this. It's one of my favorite. It's just an amazing passage of Scripture because what it shows is God is so huge and so vast and so big. And when we question sometimes God, His response back to us is, I'm the creator, you're the created. And sometimes that has to be good enough. And that creator, God, cared so much about you and me and relationship with God the Father that he emptied himself and he became a humble servant and came down here and became one of us in a baby form, completely helpless, dependent on his mother and his father to raise him. That's humility. That's giving up complete self to serve you and to serve me. Why did Jesus do that? Why did God see it fit to have Jesus do that? Because he needed to restore relationship between God the Father and us. There was only one way to do that, and that was to humble himself, sacrifice his godly desires. I mean, does God have godly desires? I don't know. That's a good question. All I know is this. The one who put the moon and the stars saw it fit to come down and humble himself as a baby. That's probably not the way I would have done it. Would you have done it that way? If you were all-powerful God, we probably would have really messed it up, right? I know I would have. To serve others means you forget about yourself. You have to forget about yourself. Kevin talked about being married. And um, I, many years ago, you guys, several married couples in here, I'm sure heard the book uh, Love Languages, right? How many of you are familiar with Love Languages? So, you know, surprise, surprise, I'm married to someone with different love languages than me. How many of you can relate? Yeah. Um, isn't that fun how God puts us with someone who's not like us? I say fun. So um, my, uh, my first, gosh, at least five years of marriage, I mean, yeah, I knew about the love languages and all, but I mean, she needed to come my way, right? It was about me, right? And then, like, you know, they say men mature a little later than women. Our brains aren't fully developed as early as women, right, Christina? Amen. So it takes us a little longer sometimes to figure it out. And in my marriage, that was the case. And so I want to just be candid with you. You know, Kevin was talking about dishes and laundry. I used to say to Elizabeth, I don't do laundry. I don't, because now part of it was, it was an, can I just be honest? It was an excuse, because I had screwed up the laundry one time. I mixed some colors and white things became blue. And, 
you know. And so one, she was gracious, and she said, you, don't, you, you get to not do laundry. So I did dishes, and I did other chores, and we worked together. We have a real collaborative spirit as a married couple. But I, I didn't understand that it wasn't about the chore. It was about I needed to serve my wife by doing something that made her heart happy, right? And it was a way for me to, like, really love her. So, like, for at least five, ten years uh, of our marriage, the shoes at the door, you know, how many of you come home, kick your shoes off, and leave them by the door? How many of you are married to someone that irritates the crud out of you because it's clutter? Okay, in my house, it irritates the heck out of my wife. So I have to decide, am I going to take the initiative to take the shoes off pick them up, put them in the closet, or I'm going to leave them by the door, right? Now, here's the reality, is that if I am serving my wife and thinking about her before my own needs, what am I going to do? I'm going to put them in the closet, right? So once I realize this is how I can show love to my wife, by serving her in her needed area, she's in the back going, where are you going with this? She knows. I, I, had, I felt like I hit, I hit a pot of gold. Because now, all of a sudden, my love languages are getting returned. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I was getting some physical touch. And I was getting some words of affirmation, which is what I needed. Okay, so here's the problem, though. This is the problem when we serve. Do you know how quickly service can turn selfish? Because <laughs> then I realized, oh, there's something in it for daddy if I serve my wife. So now my motives aren't to serve and sacrifice there. I'm going to get something in return, right? It's like a business transaction, like two people, hey, let's make this easy for both of us, you know? I got something you need, you got something I need. And that's how it works, you know, in the business world. Now, I'm not, no, you don't know. I'm just talking about words of affirmation. That's all I needed. I know, no, don't go there. It's words of affirmation. And by the way, physical touch is hugs, okay? It's hugs and holding hands. All right. So anyway, so anyway, so, so here's the reality though. Once I realized that this is where I was at, <laughs> and by the way, I got up this morning, I, I did the dishes. Did I not do this? Look, I, I'm telling you this because here's where I'm at now is not because I'm trying to get something in return, but because I now have, I had a point in time where the Holy Spirit did a check in my heart and went, it isn't about whether you get something in return. Love your wife. Lay it down. Love your wife. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to my heart, and I realized I'd turned a selfless act into a selfish act, and how easy is it for our flesh to grab hold of something that's so great and turn it into something against us? So serving is supposed to be a sacrifice, but sometimes there's a challenge that comes because we'll serve and get something in return when we serve, but we've got to make sure that our heart is pure and that we're setting ourselves aside for nothing in return other than God get the glory. Because I want to show love, going back to that passage, because I want to love and bring unity, not because I get something in return. The gifts God uh, has given you are a resource, and, and so there's a second part of this that I want to, in, in, the, in the Philippians passage, um, that we have to think about, that, that that it's not just about sacrificing for yourself, but it's also about seeking the good of others. Because the gifts that God has given you are a resource that you can either choose to hoard for yourself or you can give them away. 
Philippians 2.4 says, look not to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, right? So kind of taking that in is, is I'm not doing something to serve someone or sacrifice for me and my benefit. I'm doing it for them and their benefit. This is where I started off by talking about all the things I see happening in abundant life. Now, how many of you right now feel a hard piece of plastic under your rear end? Anybody feel a hard piece of plastic under your rear end? Who can we thank for that? Do you know their name? Mary. We're going to say Mary. We're going to say Paul, right? Mary and Paul, stand up, would you please? Yeah. Now, now, go ahead. No, I want to ask you guys a question. Did you put hard plastic in this room today because it benefited you? <laughs> you needed at least one seat, right? Okay. But, but Paul, did you put that plastic out here for all of us to sit on because it benefited you? No. No. Why did you do it? Yeah, for them. He did it for you. Do you know he faithfully shows up every Sunday morning? They both do. And I, and I know like you, this is like low-hanging fruit, really, pastor, talk about the chair ministry. No, 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 like here's the thing. Years ago, I heard a, a pastor's kid speak who wanted to be great like his father-in-law. It was, it was his, he married a, a woman whose father was a pastor of a megachurch down in California. And he came and spoke to us at a conference, and his desire was, his ambition was, I want to be great like that man. And he was vacuuming a floor as a church custodian one time, and there was a little rapper. You guys can sit down, sorry. I mean, you understand. And he was, he was vacuuming, and, and he was vacuuming. There was a little wrapper under a chair, and he couldn't reach it with the vacuum cleaner. And he told the story about the Holy Spirit said, he, 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 his flesh said, it, who cares? They'll get it next time. And he went on. And the Holy Spirit, as he kept going on, he goes, go back and get that wrapper. And he argued with God about the wrapper. And God said, get the wrapper, because if you won't pick up that wrapper because I'm telling you to do it right now, then I can't do anything great in your life for the kingdom. And, and I'm telling you that, that chair setter uppers serve God first, and then they serve you. When the worship team this morning, and I, I, wanna, I would love to call every single one of them out by name. I don't have the time to do that right now. When these guys practice and they come and do this, when Carissa sings a beautiful melody out of her mouth this morning, that's because they love who? They love God. And they know that that meets your need. That serves the body. That serves you. Seeking the good of others is what we're supposed to do as a church, and I see it happening all over. Our kids workers, I could go on and on. And by the way, it's not just the stuff that makes a Sunday morning church service happen. But how many of you know if we couldn't even do this right, we'd be in a lot of trouble, right? But it's the how many of you have gone to someone's house, shared a coffee, prayed, called someone up, sent a text message, gone and prayed with someone in a hospital, built a deck, built a whatever you do with your woodworking tools. How many of you showed up with a weed eater to do someone's lawn? It, the gifts God's given you, the tools, the resources God's given you, we need to seek the good of others because we love our God, right? And the battle is with the flesh. The battle is with the flesh. Do I really need to do this? Well, if the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, I say do it. Because he's got something for you, and we're going to learn more about that in just a minute. Unity comes when the Holy Spirit gives you the mind of Christ to seek the good of others instead of yourself. So let me just ask you this. What happens when we serve others? When you do those things for somebody, they feel important, and they feel valued. They think they matter. 
And it speaks to relationship. The person is way more important than the task or the object of service. I remember many years ago, my, when we were at a different church, we had a gal in the church whose mom was a hoarder, and there was a mobile home full of garbage. And the ladies in the church got together and said, we're going to support this lady. And my wife came home, and she, she, she's like an organized, clean person. Like she, and she came home and she said, Matt, that was the most humbling, hardest thing I've ever done. And she came home from that experience, and what she told me the story about how this woman in the church, this, this daughter of this mother, broke down in tears with her ladies around her, crying and weeping, and said, no one has ever loved me like you guys have loved me. Because you ministered to me and to my mom, and you don't even know my mom. That brings unity, doesn't it? That's what brings unity. You see, Christ-like service unites because they feel valued, because people feel value. Serving other, I want, you, I want you to hear this, serving others creates moments in time for God to work on someone's heart. When you say yes to the Holy Spirit to serve someone else, you just created a window of opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak into the heart of a person and to bring his love, to bring and reveal Jesus. Last but not least, serving requires humility. Serving requires humility. We have this example, and I, I tear up because I think about the humility of Jesus and how much I failed him. I have failed him so much. He's done so much for me. And I think about his humility in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and I just want to read it again. Where Paul says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus laid every right and privilege and divine authority down to walk amongst us as a man, knowing all the time he was going to a cross to die. And I have a hard time sometimes saying yes to a prompting of the Holy Spirit to put my selfishness aside and do the right thing for someone else. That's heavy. That's what's heavy. Jesus humbled himself by taking the form of a servant. He served the interests of all mankind by going to the cross in order to bring right relationship back between the Creator and His creation. You see, the story of Jesus is one where his relationship with the Father, as you read through the Gospels, what you will see is this life laid down of service to you and to me was full of intimacy and deep relationship with the Father, right? All these times where he would draw away privately to commune with God and pray. We even have in John chapter 17, the prayer of Jesus. If, you, if you've never read John 17, go read John 17 and just see Jesus' words. You'll see the heart of Jesus and his love for his Father and for you and for me. And he lays his life down for us. He humbles himself and lays his life down for us. And I believe what God wants to say to us today is that when we do the same, Humbling ourselves in service will connect us to the heart of God. It did it for Jesus, and it will do it for us. And I'm telling you that sometimes, sometimes the sweetest revelation 
from the heart of God has come in the middle of serving others. In my life, how many of you can testify that's true today? I laid down my needs, desires, and wants, and I went and picked up a broom. I took a coffee. I said, I want to talk to you for a half hour because God gave me a word for you and I got to pray for you. And in the middle of that moment where you laid down your needs, desires, and wants and you went and met with someone else to do that thing that God told you to do, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes in and goes, I got something cool for you, Tina. I got something cool for you, Gary. Andrew, I'm going to reveal my heart to you in the middle of this service. And I'm going to show you vision. I'm going to show you revelation. Brian, I'm going to show you a picture of your future. And it's weird how God does that, because that's what he does. I've been on a weed eater at the church property, and God has given me vision about the future of Ordy. I haven't shared that with many people. And he said, one time, one time and, and, I, and I, was started, I started to get like, this is overwhelming, God. And he said, you, this, isn't for you, this vision isn't for you to share publicly. It's for you to pray to believe. Just sitting on a weed eater, doing what I was supposed to do. There's a story in Esther, and I, I could not preach this, but I felt in worship that I was supposed to bring you, some of you, someone in this room is supposed to go to see, read Esther this week. Because Mordecai, how many of you know Mordecai? How many of you have read Esther before? Esther, you guys know Uncle Mordecai, right? Just, just read the book. See what the heart of a servant, what God did in that man's life. He was set up to die for false locution. And then in the very last chapter of the book of Esther, it talks about how this humble servant who God gave revelation and insight to because he happened to be at the right place at the right time and he, it protected the queen. It's amazing. If you go, it talks about how Mordecai's faithfulness and service was remembered by the king, not just Esther, and that God's people were protected because of that. Who do we serve? Who do you serve? Outside of God and Jesus, I hope that's your answer this morning. I hope you've decided to serve Jesus with your whole heart. I hope you've decided to call Jesus Lord and Master. If you haven't, I'd like to invite you to do that. If you don't know Jesus as the one you serve, let me tell you something, there's no greater person to follow. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He'll change your life and turn it upside down for the better. I want to ask us some, I want to ask you this week to think about some hard questions because you know, sometimes it's easy to serve people, certain people, right? Sometimes it's not easy to serve people. Who in your life is hard to serve? Is unforgiveness in the way of you serving someone you love deeply? Is an offense buried there that keeps you from showing the love of Jesus? Maybe instead of just trying to figure out how to forgive, let God let you serve them. Just an idea. Can you serve someone when you're angry with them? Yep, you sure can. And God will change you in the middle of the process. It's weird, you know, we sing about God of miracles, and I always think about healing, spontaneous healing. That'd be cool. But I'll tell you what, God of miracles happens when you're so angry and you're full of bitterness, and you do something because God tells you to do it, and all of a sudden those chains fall off, they just break. If you need prayer for that this morning, the response team will be here. I'll be here. I'd love to pray with you over that. You can serve people who are unkind to you. Jesus did this. 
He laid his life down for those who hated him. He laid his life down for those who would betray him. He laid his life down for those who didn't even know him. Jesus served by sacrificing his life for you and for me. Will you stand with me? I want to pray over you this morning. I hope you found that this is a a challenging word that will take you this week into a place of really figuring out, God, what role do you have for me in bringing unity to the body of Christ? What role, God, do you have for me in serving to bring unity to my community? What role, God, how can I serve to show your love and bring your unity? God, I thank you so much. (laughs) God, I just... First, God, I just want to give you the glory for Abundant Life Community Church. And my heart as a pastor is so full of joy because this is a people, I believe, that get this. I believe there are people in this room that know your heart for serving. And God, I know sometimes we get tired. We lose the smile on our face in the middle of our service. But God, would you restore joy? Bring joy back. Whether I'm a chair sitter-upper, a nursery worker, a greeter at the door, an usher, someone who's going to pull weeds on Saturday, someone who's going to get someone coffee this week. Bring the joy back to our salvation and serving others. God, thank you that you gave us Jesus as a sacrifice, as a model, as a teacher. God, my heart is so happy to have a model to follow. And I pray this week, God, that you would challenge us with this word to get out of our own flesh, our own desires, wants, and needs, and to lay those aside for the good of others so that we could be humble like Jesus. We love you, God. You are glorious, God. You get all the glory. You get all the glory. Unify this church. Unify your church under the leadership of Jesus in this hour and in this day. Unify your church. May the truth of the unity of Jesus Christ and his bride shine brightly God, may it shine brightly so that the phonies and the fake unity would not even look like it's second, that would look so second best, it's not even funny. Jesus, may they know us by our love for one another. We love you. We love you. Let's worship.